Hello, my name is Brittany Freakin Chavez, and this is Keeping the Calendar and Astrology, where uh, we do a podcast every single month to keep you updated on astrological events, and where I give my very novice insight on my ideas about the the Tonopohuali and the Sacred Calendar. And today we'll be here with Chelsea Medlock, and I'm super excited about that. And uh, Chelsea, tell me about how you got into astrology. Well, thank you for having me, Brittany. I am really honored to be here and working with you today and speaking about astrology. Honestly, I've been interested in astrology, mainly Western astrology, since grade school. I remember one of the first astrology books that I ever picked up was from Barnes and Noble, and it was just this little itty bitty small book that I remember seeing had had my birthday on it. And I was like, oh, a book about my birthday. I'd love to know about that. And it was a complete rabbit hole ever since. That's amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where no matter how much I study and how many books I have in my collection, I just never get tired of it. Mm. And so why is that? What do you feel like astrology adds to your life? Originally, you know, it was when I was in grade school through high school, you know, a lot of the things that I really focused on was I wanted to understand other people as much as myself. And astrology was really a way for me to focus on trying to understand people, which can be really difficult, especially when you're autistic and on the spectrum. It just, it gave me something that I could understand to help me adjust to the world around me. Wow, that's really wonderful. And I, I just love that, that you've been interested since you were literally a little kid and you're, you're still using this practice today. And it's so nice to see how much that's added just benefit and nurture to your life. Absolutely. I mean, some of the biggest events in my life were actually guided by astrology. So I clearly remember my first crush as a grade schooler was on this boy who, you know, we've been friends for a while and I just had this absolute crush on him. And when I found out he was a Pisces, I was like, Pisces Virgo, oh, we could, we could be, make fantastic things together and we can be super mutable and changeable and just have a great time and have a great rapport. And I wanted to be his, his everything for like almost 50, not not quite 15 years, but it was a really long time and it just never worked out timing wise for us. And then there was other times that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career and the rest of my life. And, you know, in high school, they kind, they kind of try to get you to figure out what you want to do. And I remember reading my horoscope the day before we took this aptitude test and the aptitude was like you know it was you know it's one of those regular aptitude tests that you know kind of gives you an idea of what uh field you might enjoy and my horoscope for that day was you have the ability to focus on the minute details and look at the building blocks of dna to put together the larger picture 
And I went in, took the exam, and it basically said that I should be a, a scientist, researcher, geneticist. And I was like, boom, that's what I'm going to do with my life. The horoscope said it, the test said it. And I started working on a career to be a geneticist. And then through some more astrological events, I changed it to being a historian and a writer. And then finally, getting through a whole bunch of trauma and mental health issues, I decided, you know what, there was clear reasons why I was told to be a geneticist, told to be a historian. And it was because of my love of supporting others and helping others with shadow work and being involved in the metaphysical field. And, you know, it took 20 years to get where I needed to be, but it was all based on astrology. That is amazing. And it sounds like each little arm of your journey adds something to your practice as well and your understanding. Yes. So, you know, for most people, them, myself included, you know, really only focus on one aspect of astrology and that's usually their sun sign. And when I started going deeper to the more nuanced levels of Western astrology, it was like opening the door to an absolute universe of opportunities for understanding. And when I read, when I read someone's chart, I truly feel like I actually know something about that person and their potential. And that makes me feel connected to them in a way that social interactions sometimes disconnect me just because I get overwhelmed so easily. Yeah, absolutely. That's really so wonderful. And uh, do you feel like you're like maybe like an intuitive person or like an empath and that you're sensitive to energies? Yes, I would wholeheartedly agree. It's actually really funny. I was at a metaphysical fair this past August in Dodge City, and I was speaking to one of my friends. We were talking about crystals. We were discussing the different vibrations of crystals, and I told her that, honestly, I don't feel the vibration of individual crystals or a lot of times individual objects. I'm more of a macro empath. So I can feel the energy of a room or the landscape. I can feel the energy of lots of people or at the very least, a, you know, larger energy centers. So it's really fascinating that I can't connect with what, you know, one specific piece of something. It has to be a larger component of the bigger picture. So I do really well with tarot and runes and those kinds of, of spiritual counseling. And I do really well at picking, you know, tapping into the energies of people and places. But then there's also times that it's a little too nuanced, whereas my husband is a people person empath and he can just be like, oh, that person is da 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 and they are looking for da da da. And I'm like, how the heck could you even possibly know that? And he's like, cancer, baby, <laughs> cancer with Pisces moon. And I'm like, oh, you got skills on me. <laughs> That's so wonderful. One of the things I really like about doing birth charts for the Tonopo Wally is to see that 
everybody has like these different aspects and they're they're like they're cosmic conditions basically and i think that when you understand those cosmic conditions it kind of gives you a jumping off point for where you might start doing shadow work or self-reflection in your own life to you know kind of like you said reach your potential i mean i i wholeheartedly agree with you one of my favorite aspects that i that i'm really just now starting to get into is shadow work astrology and karmic astrology and so that's where you're looking at the birth chart and you're saying all right what kind of wounds and suffering are you know have the potential to affect greatly affect your life and your soul what kind of areas have the potential for different levels of trauma or suffering or at the very least blockages and it's from that point that you can start, or at least the very, at the very least decide, is this something that I want to explore and work through? Is this something that I'm not really interested in? I use shadow work astrology as a way for me to help my clients get to know themselves better on a much deeper, more personal level, but also give me a starting point, some ideas on what kind of support they need from my services. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really wonderful. And I think that it gives you like a snapshot basically of a person's cosmic conditions or maybe energy signatures. So it is definitely really valuable information to understand. I really like to do birth charts and things like that with family members and with friends, because I think that that helps me understand more about my communication style and how other people communicate. For me, I think it definitely helps with just making sure that I'm saying things in a way that people can understand and that I'm aligning my energy to kind of match theirs, to really be able to connect with people and to, to help them. Yeah, I do something very similar occasionally with really close friends, but I do it with my children and my husband and my parents more often. So that way I'm, I'm a little bit more mindful of how I'm approaching them because, you know, there's times that we've had miscommunication because I communicate one way, they communicate another. And so we just crossed paths and led to incredible frustration that then intensified over time because we weren't able to actually come together in a way that we could understand each other. And I really think that it's helped me with a lot of my own personal relationships. That's so wonderful. That's definitely so valuable. And it's, it's very good to have you on today to talk about how this has really increased, I think, passion and understanding in your life. So what kind of, I don't know, astrological things are happening in October? Well, I'm, you know, I honestly, I can't wait to tell you. Normally when I'm looking at what's going on in the universe, from my perspective, a lot of times I only focus on a week at a time. And so it was a completely different experience to be like, I'm going to sit down and really focus on what's going to be happening the entirety of October. And when I sat down, I was like, holy crud, <laughs> this is one of the most intense months of 2021. And it was just like, whew, had to wipe the, had to like, you know, kind of wipe the sweat off my brow. Cause I was like, Ooh, oh, I don't know if this is going to be something that other people are going to want to hear. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, it, it's a intense with a capital T. <laughs> oh. So, so uh, very interestingly enough, it's uh, a very significant month in the Tonopah Wally as well. So what I think is super interesting about 
meeting people who practice different versions, basically, of astrology or different methods is that a lot of times we have the same signals or like the same shifts in energy and those energy shifts actually align very closely. So the ancients all had different methods of timekeeping and different sacred calendars and different ways to track the movements of the stars. But it's so interesting to me how they line up and it doesn't even matter which methods. I've talked to people who do like Vedic astrology and Western astrology, Chinese astrology, there's so many different uh, versions. So I just think that that's really amazing. So in, in the Tonal Pogwali, we're about to jump into a Tricania, which is like a 13 day period called Tochli, and it's the rabbit. And so this is like the last Tricania of the, the Tonal Pogwali, the whole 260 day cycle. So it's like, Ooh. yes, okay. So like really big energy of like closure, the end of one cycle and kind of segueing into something new. And then of course, the there's three different Tricania shifts in October. So the second one is going to be the first Tricania of the Tonopokwali. So this is like a time for creativity and new beginnings. And then we have like a clarity Tricania towards the end of the month as well. So I am like super excited to see with the Tonopokwali how the other stuff kind of lines up or maybe complements that as well. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that... Yeah, it totally lines up, which is just, you know, headcanon, mind-blowing. I mean, I just, I, I love that because, you know, so when I sat down this week, what I did was I, you know, I looked at, at what, what, what kind of energies were coming up each week. And, you know, for the most part, currently we have six planets in retrograde. And so that basically means that of the major planets, celestial bodies that are swirling up around there, the only two that aren't in retrograde are the sun and the moon, because they just, they can't be retrograde. And, you know, so we're, we're looking at this intense, heavy energy that is calling us to focus more internally, bringing our awareness back toward our own space, our own patterns and behaviors, our own way of thinking so that we can draw on lessons and messages and wisdom within ourselves and our own perspectives so that we can then in a major transformative shift actually start physically emotionally, mentally, spiritually releasing all the crap that holds us down and blocks us from, I know it might sound woo-woo or maybe pedantic, but you know, that idea of leveling up. And it's, so the next three or so weeks are basically you need to sit down, you need to feel the crap, you need to release the crap, And then by around October 20th, 22nd is when the energy will start shifting into that new period where you feel lighter and you feel able to start having movement and progress in your life. Wow. That's so interesting how that really does line up. So October 29th, which, hey, happy birthday. That's my birthday. Hey. Um, (laughs) It shifts into the Ocelot. Jaguar Tricania, which again, this is like uh, magic energy, like a lot of clarity, being true to your word and, and that kind of thing. So there are really good days for like self-reflection. And one of the like the wisdoms of this particular day is that it's better for us to be a mirror than it is for us to be a reflection. 
that's that's something that we should keep in mind definitely moving into the end of the month and into the next month as well. Yeah, and so in western astrology, the main things that we're that we focus on is, you know, we keep track of where all the major planets are plus the sun and the moon, what signs they're in, what their relationship is to each other. And then I add on top of that information, my own perspective on where Chiron is. He's known as the wounded healer, a point of wounds, but also a source of healing within your birth chart. And then I also focus on where Black Moon Lilith is. So if Chiron is more of an active wound, uh, a masculine energy wound, Black Moon Lilith is more of that passive yin feminine type of wounding that comes with more internal struggles. Interesting. Very And so I like to add those information on and it just adds an extra dimension on what may be triggered or calling for your attention. It's such an active month. I have like four pages of notes (laughs) that I know we're not going to be able to get to in one podcast. Yeah. But some of the things that are really important of course, is the moon phases. We've got the new moon coming up next week on the 6th. The full moon is on the 20th. And so there's a lot of focus on bringing balance to your life this month, especially around relationships. And that doesn't have to necessarily be specifically romantic relationships. I tend to see it more as just relationships in general and how we connect and work with others. And around October 10th is when we start seeing these retrogrades releasing and going what we call direct. So in Western astrology, Retrogrades just mean that from our perspective here on Earth, the planet looks like it's traveling backwards across the sky. And it will travel that way for a certain number of weeks or months. And then it starts appearing to go forward again. And that's when we say that it has gone direct. And the first one that we see in this peeling off is Saturn. Saturn is the planet of limitations, of discipline, of foundations, what we need and how we limit ourselves or or create foundation for like willpower and things like that. And so with the release of Saturn, it can feel like we are starting to feel unstuck. Like oh, the good. like like there's no ex like the the external limitations or blocks that have kept us from making progress in work or relationships or our environment or health routines are starting to ease up. And as soon as Saturn starts releasing and going direct, we see a cascade of other planets doing the same. Mercury and Jupiter both go direct on the same day on October. Wow. 18th. So, you know, evil Mercury in retrograde ends on the 18th, which means that we're no longer having delays or sketchy technology or miscommunication or troubles processing and sharing information. On that same day, Jupiter, the planet of luck and growth 
and perspective, that's also going direct, which means that may, you know, maybe in areas of our life that we've felt stuck or unlucky or just absolutely frustrated because we can't move forward, we have a boost of energy from the universe that says, okay, I hope you've been sitting and contemplating where you need to go and what kind of work you need to be focusing on and how to change your perspective because it's coming and I hope you spent this time wisely preparing for this massive shift in your perspective. Wow. Wow. So again, just like the alignments with the tone of Pahuali are, are pretty wild to me with the more that you explain this, I'm just kind of like beside myself almost. So uh, <laughs> one of the things that I look at when I, I keep the count of the calendar is the galactic tone of the day. So basically, like I mentioned before, the tone of Pahuali is 20 different periods called trichanias, and each of those periods are 13 days each. So the days are numbered from one to 13, and each of those numbers basically is a tone. It kind of sets the tone or the energy of the day, um, and it tells you a lot about the value of what the other sign means, basically. So like if you are doing your own astrology sign with the tono Pohuali, it's important to know what your day sign is. So it's going to be one of those 20 signs, but you also have to take into account the number of it as well. So my day sign is Aakat, but my galactic tone is four. So that says something specifically about my energy structure that I'm more like balanced, stable, and reflective. When you were talking about Saturn going direct on the 10th of October, I just want to let everybody know right now, the 11th of October is a galactic tone nine. And so uh, days that are galactic tone nine are, are preferred for ceremonies. So uh, the, idea, <laughs> the idea here is, I guess this will, will definitely, you know, help us change our perspectives. And I really do think that it is good to hold ceremony for yourself. If you have had any losses like this year and, you know, loss is more than losing family members. I know, unfortunately, a lot of us have lost family members, but some of us have lost friendships or jobs or you know, houses, opportunities, there's been so much loss. And that really, I think, can weigh a person down. So think about, you know, holding ceremony during this time when the planets start, you know, flipping, going a little bit more direct. And this can be almost like a segue. So this, this on October 11th, this is again, the, the ninth day of the Touchley rabbit uh, trichania. And the rabbit trichania is, is about, you know, ending the cycle of the Tonopovali. So now is a time to like, end you know, all of the pain essentially that you've been carrying around for the past 260 days and day nine, that's October 11th. That's going to be a really good day for release. I mean, that just sounds absolutely amazing because like I said, when I look at birth charts and I'm looking at the energies of what's going on, you know, the first place I look is Chiron and Lil Black Lilith Moon. And it's, you know, all month long, the Chiron is in retrograde the entire month of October. And it is butting heads with the majority of the other celestial bodies that most Western astrologers are focused on. At one point or another, it's basically just a giant uh, pinball machine of 
this planet is smacking into Chiron and now this one and this one and this one. And the whole point of that is to bring your awareness to points of, you know, where are you suffering? Where are you in pain? What kind of trauma do you have from your past so that you can bring it to the surface and then you can actually choose and decide whether or not you want to start processing through these darker shadows to help you heal in whatever degree you need. It can be, I mean, you you have, are, you know, you have the choice. Do I want to do this? I don't, I'm not feeling like I can do it right now, but you also have the choice of, I think I can work on this aspect or that aspect. And it's really, that, I think that's probably one of the, the parts of astrology that I just love the most is how empowering it can be. And it gives you options. You know, a, you know, a lot of people, when I talk to them about astrology, they're like, oh, well, my birth chart says this, and that means that I'm locked into these energies and I can't change, I can't grow. And I'm like, no, this is just the original blueprint of what the universe, what kind of energies the universe wants to put into your your cooking pot. And then, but you decide what you do turn those ingredients into are you going to be baking a souffle are you making hearty soup are you going to be creating stir fry that's really up to you you but these are the ingredients that you're getting and i just absolutely love that perspective yeah that's very interesting i've heard some people compare astrology to weather. It's almost like energetic weather, like energetic conditions. And it's, of course, a lot of people get mad at the weatherman when he doesn't make the accurate prediction. And, you know, it's like, okay, tomorrow there's 70% chance of rain. If it doesn't rain, people like get really upset. But honestly, it's just because this is like a best prediction. So I look at it that way as well with astrology, where this is energetic um, predictions based on what the cosmic conditions are that are kind of laid before us. Well, and it's, you know, when, when, when I try to explain to clients that astrology is incredibly personal and it has so many energetic layers, I don't, you know, I, I, I try to impress upon them that, you know, when you're reading a horoscope, you know, that's, like in a magazine or in the newspaper or, or online, that's not going to be giving you the full perspective. Now, even if you're following an astrologer that's, you know, like, for example, Mars is squared Pluto and that can cause intense energy and combated, combativeness or whatever, you know, I tell people well, yes, that's the over the overarching energy for the day, but you also have to take into consideration what house of the ch- the current of your birth chart Mars 
and Pluto are in and how they are squared together in your personal chart, mm. not only how they're squared in their current location on the day's chart. So can you explain to us what houses are? Yeah, absolutely. In Western astrology, we focus on charts as a circle and that circle has 12 spokes or houses and each one of those 30 degrees around the circle is associated with a different aspect of the self. So for instance, the first house is the house of self. The second house is the house of the material world and of resources, whereas the 10th house is like vocation, public image, career. And then you have the 12th house, which is the house of karma, undoing addictions or struggles and trauma. And so each one of those 12 houses is associated with a different aspect in your life. And not only do you have to pay attention to where things are in your birth chart, where all the planets are and what signs each of those those 12 houses are in. But if you're looking at a daily practice and what the daily energy is at any given time, you have to be mindful of where the planets are at. So, you know, if I pulled up a chart of this exact moment in the day, it would be slightly different two hours later because of where the first house begins and where the ascendant is for that time period. And so it's always constantly kind of changing. And so knowing where the planets are in your birth chart gives you a little bit more insight into the fluctuating energies of any given moment in the day. That is very interesting. So if I'm understanding correctly, so what you're saying is that you can look at where the planets are in space and in time and, you know, in the different relationship with the Zodiac, but that's more of like, kind of like I was saying, like weather, like it's like weather conditions in terms of energy and to like get really serious or to get really accurate, you have to really look at those conditions in um, like comparison to where your placements are as well. Yeah. So, you know, going, going with the weather motif, I would say the daily forecast of where the planets are and how they may be affecting you, that would be like watching the regional weather channel, but to actually know how the weather is going to affect you in your specific location you have to actually go outside and look around you. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that is so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Wow. So if you were going to hold ceremony for yourself on either October 11th or on the new moon, what kind of ceremony would you suggest just, you know, as a collective or what are some things that you like to incorporate for new moon ceremonies? Being a yoga facilitator and a shadow work facilitator, I tend to focus on doing manifestation rituals and sequences on the new moon. So, you know, taking the day to actually sit down and be like, all right, the new moon is going to be in Libra. Where can I invite balance into my life over the course of the next moon cycle? Where can I invite in creativity and beauty and justice? 
or a diplomatic approach to my interactions with my environment. And so, you know, something that I would would highly recommend for the new moon is taking a moment to connect with the idea of balance, whether that's doing tree pose for yoga or feeling the air around you and how that is balanced out by the earth and then finding some way to express that balance through creativity, whether it's drawing or art or dance, something that just helps you embody the perspective of bringing in balance and finding the beauty in the world at the the darkest point of the of the energetic year. Very good. Very good. I think that that's, that's excellent advice. (laughs) Now I'm like super stoked to like actually get out there and experience. Amazing. Yeah. Well, and so I, I actually, I totally forgot to mention that on the night of the new moon on the sixth, Pluto goes direct and Pluto is the planet of transformation, of power, of empowerment. I would highly recommend if possible, laying down the foundation with a new moon ritual that will help you transform over the next week or two as you move toward the full moon, because you have that added boost of the choices that you're making right now, you feel empowered to make them and they'll be for your better, you know, for your growth and your transformation. Wow. Well, this is an exciting time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the full moon, is that the 20th this month? Yes. So it'll be in Aries. In Aries. Okay. Very good. So what does that mean with the moon being in Aries? What do you, how do you think that will affect people? So the way that new moons and full moons work in Western astrology is that on a new moon, the sun and the moon are conjunct. That's why it's hard for us to see the moon at that period. So the new moon is always in the same sign that the sun is. For example, this month it's in Libra. When we get to the full moon, the moon and the sun are in opposition. So they're directly across from each other. So there can be, you know, a little bit of feeling like there's a push and pull kind of energy. Whereas Libra is very much, I got to weigh the options. I need to process and really look at all perspectives. Aries, and especially an Aries full moon, is going to be like enough talk, enough dithering around. Let's make a choice. Let's get going. Let's jump head first into transformation and manifestation and releasing wholeheartedly without fear. Well, that's amazing. That's really wonderful. So the the full moon this month in October happens during the Sipakteli Dragon Tricania. And these are all really good days for creativity. So like they're the most creative time period of the entire Tonopohuali. So I think definitely during those 13 days, that'll be a really good time to kind of like set your intentions for how you want to enrich your life through passion. And one of the things that I... I really deeply believe is that in order to do life, to be happy and to be satisfied and to be fulfilled, you have to have some element of passion somewhere to balance out kind of the mundane every day, got to go to work, got to take care of people, autopilot kind of life. And you can't, you cannot possibly be an autopilot if you 
are engaging in your passions, if you're engaging in those things that make you feel beautiful and alive. So this is a really good time period, I think, to kind of like plant those seeds and to really nurture yourself and to nurture your creativity. So I think that that was really wonderful that you you mentioned creativity as well with this time period. Yeah, and in in Western astrology, Aries is defined by its passion and its drive. So adding in that momentum with your creativity, I just think it sets up the second half of October for being this incredibly transformative alchemy for change that you're wanting to see in your life whatever that might be yeah absolutely and the dragon of course they bring fire so it's like um gonna be i think like a lot of really kind of forward energy very direct um, and hopefully hopefully i felt like too the past couple months with astrology everything's been very heavy so i'm hoping that with the tonopolwali you know ending and then beginning again that maybe we'll it's almost like when your internet's not working and you unplug the router and then plug it back in to see if it'll you know work so that's what we're doing essentially with our our cosmic cycles and our energy Energy. like gonna unplug it when when the year ends and then plug it back in again and see like did that help <laughs> yeah that's exactly how i how i would frame it. it yeah like you hit the nail on the head for the month of october oh that's so exciting that's so exciting so do you practice any kind of uh, ritual for like day of the dead or for Samhain? yes so i am a pagan and we practice Samhain and you know some of the rituals that I that I do for my own personal practice is that I will write the names of people or animals that have passed away during the course of the year and I'll usually write them on leaves and then I will carry the leaves in a basket to the nearest body of water. And as I'm carrying the names of the dead to that body of water, I wear a mask because I'm traveling through the veil and the the spirit world. And I want to make sure that I'm protected by wearing that more shamanic traditional mask. And I usually carry a, either a lantern or a candle to light my way so that, because I'm delivering the new souls to the afterlife. And once I get, once I get to that body of water, I usually, I walk down to the banks or the shore of the water and I gently lay the named leaves on top of the water and send them floating out to sea. And I've been doing this practice for at least 15 or more years. I started doing it when I was an undergraduate at the University of Kansas, and I've done it every year since then. Well, thank you so much for sharing that part of your practice with us. You're most welcome. That is absolutely fascinating. Wow. Really interesting to hear. So any thoughts about the different astrological conditions, especially towards the end of the month, or can you think of any intention setting rituals or things that you might do heading into the month of November? So looking at the different squares and trends and the how the planets are transiting each other and how they're talking to each other, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, what I would say is, you know, set the intention to stand up, be heard, be seen, and actually share your story to connect with others. And 
because being able to connect with others helps release those deeper shadows that we all struggle with. No one is immune to having pain and suffering and trauma, but it's through collaboration and connection that healing and growth is possible. And you can't do that if you are hiding in the shadows in your own shadow. Mm, very interesting. So in the Tonopawali, the the third Trakenya that we experience in October is again that shift to Ocelot the jaguar. And so that's 13 days that represents reflection, self-reflection, but oftentimes it brings a lot of clarity. The advice that's often given for this time period is not to seek other people, to not, especially people who are a different path than you. And it's not that like you should be in solitude or something like that, but like if you're going to gather with people and make sure that they have good intentions and that also that they understand you, they understand your practice and that they're you know, going to like be honoring of the energy shifts and the things that, that we all do, especially as the veil thins towards the, you know, the end of the year. So, and, you know, I, I honestly don't see your, your perspective as being much different than, than my, the advice that I just gave about taking up space and being seen and sharing your story. Because you can't, it's very difficult to do any of that if you're not supported. Yeah. And so I see that I see your advice being that seek support and make sure that your circle is actually supportive exactly. and is there for you. Absolutely. That's that's a really, I think, absolutely perfect advice. And I think that that's always a good kind of energy to start bringing in anyways around the holidays, because I feel like a lot of people maybe have trouble with boundary setting <laughs> around that time. So I think that this is a, a good a good topic of question to have while we head into, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm so excited to uh, be able to share this. And thank you so much for all of your expertise and perspective. This was really, really fun. Well, I, you know, I thank you so much for inviting me to talk about one of my greatest passions. I had a wonderful time talking to you, Brittany. Thank you. And uh, can you tell our viewers uh, where they can find you or maybe follow you on socials? Yeah, of course. So my business is called Savannah Wren Studio. My website is www.savannahwrenstudio.com. And that has my background information as well as what services I provide and what events are on my calendar. And you can find me mostly on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, Chelsea. It was very good to, to have you on today. Thank you so much, Brittany. It was a pleasure to be here.